on today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. It's just Chad and I, because Joe is an asshole and he's on a cruise and didn't invite us. What a dick. What a motherfucker. Nah, nah. I'm happy for him. He's been busy moving and now he's now something is moving him and it's a cruise ship. Uh so this week we've got a little bit of news. Uh the biggest thing is probably highlighted by today's PWI women's top 250 rankings uh chad just told me about it uh, about an hour or two ago and i have refrained from looking at them so my reactions will at least be off the cuff and i'm i'm kind of excited to see how badly they fucked up uh and then we've got the return of retro beer ratings no way out 2001 what a fucking show man it was good and then even better the, the weekly recap i enjoyed pretty much everything i watched this week except collision but that's because it was collision collision's so bad it's just not worth it but also it's on the weekend so it kind of makes it easy to watch i don't know well we'll get into that later as always you can follow us on social media at ddt russell pod chad you ready to go yeah oh let's go Welcome into episode 124 of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I am Dylan. I'm joined by Chad. Joe's on a cruise, as I said in the intro. Chad, how are you doing this week? Seems like you've had a better week than most. Uh, I was uh, not at that place this week. I had a school, a leadership school I had to attend. That um, sounds not fun, though. It was actually better than I expected. Uh, it's, it's actually been a little insightful. I've actually kind of enjoyed it, but... It's also not that place, so um, that's always a win. True. Uh, plus, I'm drinking a phenomenal beer. My uh, Some of my listeners have been asking me to talk more about what I'm drinking on the show, so tonight I'm drinking a hazy IPA from Virginia Beach's Reaver Beach Brewing Company called Curse of Bones. Highly recommend. Okay. Uh, okay. I. You know what? They haven't asked me, but I'll talk about what I'm drinking. It's a 4.2% uh miller light 4.2 percent, dude chill well, out so so my thing is i drink like two cups of uh ranch water which is like a third of a cup of tequila it's like probably two two and a half shots of tequila and i'd so five total if i drink two of them i do that like i start as soon as i get home so i start drinking those so that i can get a little buzz before we start, and then I just kind of tail off with the Miller Lights while we're recording. Oh, I'm not trying to tail out. I'm trying to go the opposite way right now. No, I don't want to be hungover because I have work in the morning. I also have to go to school in the morning, but like, fuck it. It, it is a school night. I just, you, I don't know. It's a school night. <laughs> Fact or fiction, Chad, it's a school night. 
It is a school night. You there we go. Saying accurate things. There we go. All right, let's get into the news from this week. Uh, let's let's end with the uh, PWI top two fifty for the women that I hinted at at the beginning. Um, so I'll just go down my list here. I don't know if you have anything else, but feel free to chime in. Uh, first thing I had on my list was plans are to have Mr. Randall Keith Orton back by Survivor Series. That's like very close. I'm, I did not hear that news, but I would be very excited to see him. And I got to be honest with you, uh, I'm more excited to see him than I was previously, knowing that there's no chance he comes back. There's and no Matt cares Riddle. about Matt Riddle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's no Matt Riddle to give a fuck about. So Orton comes back. Uh, healer face. Oh, I like heal Orton better. So I'm saying heal as a hope. I would love for him to get like a huge pop for the return do something cool. Uh, like RKO a face. Yeah. Like RKO the heel first. And then he gets like this huge cheer. He's like soaking it all in. And then also RKO's the face. I would love that. Yeah. It's, it's just maybe it's tweener Randy Orton, but it's mostly heel Randy Orton. Yeah, that's that's the Randy Orton I love. Like, yeah, we I fell that. in love with Randy Orton in like oh four oh five with the Legend Killer gimmick. Like, mm-hmm. he was fucking... my favorite back in the day when he beat yeah. Chris Benoit at SummerSlam two thousand four. I was fucking hyped. I I remember his rivalry with Undertaker in oh five, and it's like one of the oh. predominant rivalries that I began watching wrestling because of <laughs> the look on his face when the when Undertaker came out of the flaming casket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was some that was some good shit. That was some good shit. God damn, that was some good shit. Uh to get to there as quickly as possible in the retros. That's that's gonna be a fucking <laughs> wild time. Especially because we'll be getting to like these like the the pay-per-views will be even shorter because they're just uh raw or smackdown. Yeah. Once we get to the dual branded, once there's two brands like the big four. From like 2002 to until Money in the Bank is a thing, really. So that's what 2009 or 10. Um, until we get to that, like those pay per views are not that long. No, they're usually under three hours. So that's going to be fucking awesome. Um, all right. Next bit of news. Uh, let's see. Logan Paul had a fight last week. And after his fight that I did not watch because I don't care, he challenged <laughs> Rey Mysterio to a United States Championship match. I would assume that this will be happening at Crown Jewel. Yeah, apparently, if, if it doesn't happen, to talk there, about it on SmackDown tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would I guess be his first chance to address that. So that makes sense. Apparently, Ray was seen at the the Rams game this weekend, the LA oh. Rams game. And they asked him, like some reporter asked him, and he said it was definitely going to happen. Was he wearing a Rams jersey? Yes, he was. Nice. Yep. Nice. Well, Rey Mysterio just jumped up in my fan rankings. He by, dropped in mine. By a lot. No, Listen, everyone's a fucking Cowboys fan, Chad. Yeah, no. I have you, nothing against the Rams. They're the most polarizing team in all of sports. I know. Probably the Yankees. You literally, you either love them or you hate them. There is yeah, no in between. I have literally no opinion about the Rams. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, just I the hate Rams. the Cowboys. <laughs> There's no reason to hate us. We're not that good. <laughs> no, I I mostly hate you because it's 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 ESPN's fault that I hate the Cowboys. 
It's okay. I so even when the Cowboys that. that year that year like a few years ago when Dak got hurt and you guys went like four and eleven or four and twelve or whatever the fuck, um, they still talk about them on every fucking Sports Center. It's so annoying. Uh, okay. Uh, third piece of news and the last one before we get to PWI. Uh, CM Punk was allegedly offered an Impact contract. Chad, to go even further than that, oh. uh, apparently he had a backstage meeting. And the rumor I saw from Sean Rossap today was that was a very positive meeting. Whoa. Do you know where Bound for Glory is tomorrow night? Wait, let me guess. Is it in Chicago? It's in at Chicago the tomorrow now night. Now Arena? No, it's at a very small arena okay. called the Cicero Stadium. Oh boy. They only put a couple thousand in there. They they get their money off pay-per-view buys. Um, but uh I think it's like a two thousand person arena. It's very small, but it's in Chicago. Uh, I'm very excited. I've already paid for it. I'm ready to go for tomorrow night to watch it. I'll probably watch it on Sunday morning though, because the uh, the Auburn games at the same time. Okay, but we did uh, we did text about it today, and I did look at the card. Not that I'm going to watch it. But I'm it, there's just not. First of all, I'm having a party at my house on Saturday, um, for my birthday, and so like there will be no time to watch any wrestling, un- unless it was unless I were to watch wrestling on Sunday. But like football rules everything uh yeah, retro so, we gotta watch this week oh i'll be watching that i'll probably watch it on monday or something or sunday night during the sunday night football game kind of depends oh no that's uh eagles dolphins that's i will be watching that anyways point of the story i won't be watching bound for glory but i did look at the match card today after we texted uh Will Ospreay versus Speedball Mike Bailey. I've never seen a Speedball Mike Bailey match, oh, but I do know, gosh. but I do know that he is very good, and I've seen nothing but good reviews about him online. Dude, Speedball is amazing, man. <laughs> I so, love watching Speedball. It, that's gonna take the show easily. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. The Rascals versus ABC. Uh, Josh Alexander versus Alex Shelley. Chris Saban versus uh, Kenta. Dude. This show is going to be on fire. I, yeah. There's a call your shot battle royale, which is like their version of Money in the Bank, but they oh. do it battle royale style. So when you win, you get your call your shot match. But they I did read that royale. and I was like, that sounds a lot like Money in the Bank. <laughs> so I'm glad you just kind of confirmed that for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it, it sounds awesome. And then what, what was the um, main event? Alexander and who? Josh Alexander and Alex Shelley. Alex, Alex Shelley currently is the, the world title holder. And he's had a good reign, but I, I gotta tell you, Josh Alexander's winning that belt. Oh, about to be a three-time Impact World Champion, Josh Alexander. Is that a is that a quite the bold prediction, or is that like kind of like everyone knows he's gonna win? I think that's like a uh, everyone already thinks that's gonna happen. Pick, but I don't I don't follow a lot of Impact media, so I don't know. Interesting. Well, we will see. This show is gonna come out uh, Sunday at midnight, shortly after this. Uh, shortly after that pay-per-view comes out. So you'll be, uh, if you're listening, if you're a loyal listener and you just download and listen right away as soon as it comes out, first of all, thank you. Second of all, the show that we're talking about will already be over. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. Last bit of news. Chad, PWI, women's 250. Let, uh, I, however you want to do this, if you want to ask me questions or whatnot, or just tell me, where certain people are and just let me do a reaction. I don't really care if you want to be like, I want to guess start where, by, guess where this person yeah. is. I want to start by asking you, uh, there's two W there's only two WWE women in the top 10. 
Only two. Okay. Which is shocking, I, and I disagree with that. But there's only two. Who are they and where do they Does NXT out? count? No, not for this conversation because the top... So you're talking person, about WWE main roster people. Main roster, only two in the top 10, only three in the top 20. Wow. Okay. So here's my first thing, and this is the first thing I thought of when you told me that this came out today. If Rhea Ripley is not not only in the top 10, but if she is not number one, this ranking is bullshit. Rhea Ripley is number one. Okay, then I have no issues with anything. New Japan's Julia is number two. I different WWE person is three. I've heard lots of good things about her. I have watched a Julia match. She had a match at uh, Impact's Multiverse of Madness 2. Not Multiverse of Madness. uh, Multiverse United 2. And she was pretty impressive. Okay. I have a couple people that come to mind. Um, I don't think it's Charlotte. She was out for most of the year. Charlotte is 21. Okay. That honestly is pretty fitting. Yep. I also... So Bianca comes to my... Don't... Let me Let me clear my thought. Like, Bianca comes to mind, but also she's been gone for a while. And also, when did she last hold a title? Well, it's from July to July. Yeah. Oh, so she was still around in July. Hmm. Hmm. And Becky, Becky, Becky's my other person. I don't think it's EO. I'll go Becky Lynch as number three. Becky Lynch is number 29. Okay. Very low. One below Hikaru Shida. Yeah, I mean, Hikaru was gone a lot, too. She is the current champ, but... All right, I'll say it's either Bianca or EO, then. Bianca at three. EO is at 24. Am, am I, like, crazy? I guess EO won it at SummerSlam, which is after July or, like, yep. the last day of July. Okay, that actually does make a lot of sense. I'm just... I have a really bad memory. Bianca did have a very good July to July, but she is currently not around, which does make it a lot more difficult for me to kind of piece this all together. But okay, I'm I'm not upset about that or the Julia thing. I've never no, watched her matches, but I've heard lots of good things. Yeah, uh, apparently they're like ranting and raving about her. Um, yeah, I would I imagine one of her matches lot, and I was pretty impressed. I would imagine a lot more of the top 10 is either AEW or Stardom. Uh, well, Stardom, I think is five. Tam Nagano is at five. I think she's Stardom. Wait, who was four? Uh, that's what I was about to ask you. Uh, four, six, and eight are all AW. Holy shit! Okay, Tony Storm's in there. Nope. Okay. Tony Storm is twelve. Who had a really good year? Britt Baker. Britt Baker is thirty. Year. Good. Good. Six. Good. Thirty-six. Sorry, I'm just saying the first names that come to my mind. Who the fuck was the champ? I really hope it's not Paige. Uh, Paige was like Sarayas fifty-two. This is great. You're saying a lot of great things right now. I'm worried about who's going to be in the top. No, I don't I'm think you're clearly, hate this. I'm clearly forgetting some very important people. You said Britt Baker, but you forgot Britt Baker's friend. Oh, yep. Okay. Um, She's been gone so long. Can you remind me what her name is? Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter. Holy shit. Fourth I forgot on the about list. Jamie Hayter. Fourth on the list. That's very deserve- deserving. Willow? Oh, Athena. Willow, Athena, Will- Athena has to be in yep. there. Athena is six and Willow's eight. Wow. W- w- good good job, Willow. Willow was the shocking one on that list. I thought she would be a little lower. But I'm not upset. But I'm not upset by it because she, she fought for women's titles it. and she was a 
her character was transcending the of the audiences. Mm-hmm. Audiences fucking love Willow. They're like, yeah. So even though she hasn't won a title in that calendar year, I think like her win loss record is phenomenal. But then like crowd support is just through the roof. She's a um, great wrestler. I love number seven. It's Deanna Perrazzo, one of my favorites. Okay, deserving. Uh, Mickey James. NW, Mickey James was pretty low, twenty seven. Okay, I don't know what she's done. So that uh, she hasn't really done any title holding. So all right, dur- July to July, she was the uh, the Impact World Champion for a while there. Um, okay. Number nine is Camille, who for that entire okay. July to July was NWA Women's Champion. Okay. Uh, Ten is Jordan Grace. Okay. Eleven Oscar. Twelve Tony Storm. Thirteen Masha Slamovich, who's the GCW World Men's Champion, and she's the Impact Tag Team Champion. Wow. Uh, I have a question, real quick. I want to know if this person is in the top fifty. Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green did not see her in the top fifty. No. Damn. I don't remember seeing her name on the list at all. Wow. I'm looking. I'm scrolling. I'm not seeing a Chelsea Green. I've seen Gigi Dolan. Shotzi. I'm so, not seeing a Chelsea Green. Blair Davenport. I am in the one, 150. Chelsea Green. Okay. <laughs> she made the list. Um, so other I've, like just been, I've just been impressed by her run as of late. I think it's a character more than its wrestling capability, though. Yeah, which I guess is what they trash. Which I guess is what they rated off of. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Jade Cargill, fourteen. Your first NXT person is Roxanne Perez at fifteen. Very high for Roxanne. Yeah, that's really good. She's what twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, Kyrie Sane at sixteen. Where's uh, Uh, Mercedes? Uh, hold on. She was hurt for a decent amount. Yeah, I got Chris Dantlander at eighteen. Charlotte at twenty one. Ronda 22, Trinity at 23, oh. NXT Strikes Again at 25, Tiffany Stratton. Nice. Uh, Taya Valkyrie, 26, Sukara Shida, 28. Uh, Kenzie Page, who's the new NWA champions at 33. Britt Baker's 36, Liv Morgan, 38. Bailey, all the way at 41. Trash win-loss record, probably. 46, Indy Hartwell. Wow. Soraya, 52. Okay. Uh, Shayna Baszler, 58. Raquel Rodriguez, 59. That needs to go up next year. Yeah, both those are going to go up. Shayna and Raquel are going to have great years under yeah. Triple H. Um, Cora Jade, 65. Yeah. Uh, Steph Delander, 69. Ruby Soho, 72. Nice. Uh, did you see Steph Delander posted that she only wants a 4,020 4, or 69? And they gave her 69. Like a week later, that came out. She was like, I don't give a fuck about your ratings unless you put me 69th. <laughs> and they put her 69th. That's awesome. So it's rigged. Uh Zoe Stark 75. Uh oh, is Trish on there? Trish Stratus. Uh I haven't seen her name yet. She, I mean, she was around for a lot of this time. Hold on. I'm, I would uh, be kind of curious. 101s, Lena Vega 102, Gigi Dolan 104, Julia Hart 105, JC Jane 107, Anna J 111. Wow. Thea Hale 115, Shotzi 119, uh, Rio. Wow. Yeah, she's had a great run in NXT the last six months. Uh, Blair Davenport 131, Piper Niven 142, Chelsea Green 150, Candice LeRae 165. I think that's just my last question is, is Trish Stratus in the top 250? I don't see her name anywhere, and I would be shocked if she's this low. She got drafted and was has been around this in the entirety of 2023 until the last pay per view. Yep, I'm not seeing her name. 
Wow. Maybe it's so, like there are a couple blanks on his e- uh, email though, and then on his, on his page. Maybe it excludes legends or something, or not full time people. I don't know. That is kind of wild. She, I mean, it's not like she had a terrible year wrestling wise. She did only have one feud. I guess when she was teaming with Becky, she had. I guess she had two feuds. Yeah, there's nothing about her being on the list, and I didn't see her name on it. So. Interesting. I think they just excluded her probably because she's part-time in or something. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, so was Rhonda, but she's like top 25. I mean, she was full-time up to WrestleMania. Up which, until I mean, SummerSlam, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like Didn't most she have of ma- July to July. match with Shayna at SummerSlam? Yeah. So, I mean, most of July to July, then she's full-time in. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. All right. Shall we a uh, no way out? Yes. I'm excited. No way out. 2001. Let's get into it. Um, I think I said last time that Royal Rumble 2001 was the best retro we've watched yet. Knowing knowing that Mania 17, when we watch it next week and review it next week, uh, will top it. Uh, and I've seen that all the way through a few times, probably. Certain matches on there I've seen many more than a few times. Yeah. Uh, but... We will get to that next week. This week was No Way Out, which gave Royal Rumble 2001 at the very least a run for its money. Run if not, money. if not, I mean, potentially, I, th- I think Royal Rumble 2001 beats this strictly because of the aspect of having a Royal Rumble match, and this did not. And Royal Rumble matches are the best. But this, that doesn't, that's not to say that the show was, was, uh, like a tier below it. I think it's I think it's on the same tier as Royal Rumble 2001 as this was a great show, an excellent show, top tier. I, uh, when I looked up the Wikipedia page, there was a, a reviewer. They always have like reception section. Mm-hmm. There's always the same guy that they like list on there of how well he rates it. And that guy from like 411 Insider or something ridiculous was like uh he said that the uh, the three to four match I mean three to four pay per view stretch at the end of two thousand to like middle of two thousand one like from Armageddon through like SummerSlam two thousand one is the best stretch in wrestling history for WWE like pay per view quality wise you had like the Armageddon Hell in a Cell the WrestleMania two thousand X seven you've got the Royal Rumble you're talking about you have this pay per view I'm pretty sure Backlash two thousand one is really good too. SummerSlam 2001 is really good. I know it, it does. It does kind of make sense that after SummerSlam 2001, which I think is Invasion. Oh, I'm sure that's where it terrible. gets where it gets pretty bad or like ends that run of excellent shows. Um, I'm also kind of like I'm low key very excited to get to that. I'm really excited to see the uh, the WCW Invasion stuff here coming up. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever gone back and watched it. Like yeah, the, me neither. the pay-per-views. Yeah, same. I've only seen so, like the snippets and the clips and like the Yeah, the, the clips you matches. see in documentaries when they talk about the invasion, but really yeah. like I haven't seen the shows. Yeah. And I know Invasion was reviewed as very bad. So I'm oh. interested to see. But we're talking to No Way Out. Um, let's go with signs, Chad. I've got five signs. I watched this on a tablet, so I have no signs. It was hard oh, to see anything boy. on the tablet. So throw them at me. All right. I will go in order, except for my favorite one, which was the third one, which I will save for last. Uh, first one was not a funny sign. It just says, we miss Owen Hart. I miss oh. Owen Hart. 
I never watched him live, but uh, I will say I recently rewatched the match against Bret Hart at WrestleMania. That dude could fucking kill it. Yeah, agreed. Um, next one says, uh, "Yes, we are losers." <laughs> oh, I did see that one. Yeah, that was uh, one. yeah, that one was kind of front and center. Uh, next one just said, "Shut up, slut." Oh wow, that's so rude <laughs> to say to me. Uh, next one said, uh, <laughs> "Is when Trish Stratus was making her entrance." Uh, was Trish Lewinsky, like Monica Lewinsky? Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, she's blowing the boss. Allegedly. Not really. Kayfabe. It's in the dictionary. Uh, and then the next one was a classic. First of all, it's funny. Second of all, they spell the word wrong, which is classic dumb wrestling fans. So the sign is Steph Steph Douches. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they spelled douches. D-U-S-H-E-S. <laughs> oh my god. Douches. Steph Dushes. <laughs> I was like, that is classic wrestling fan right there. <laughs> I'm going to make fun of you, but I'm going to use words I don't know how to spell. They took our derbs. They took our derbs. <laughs> I remember when that came out and I wasn't watching wrestling at the time. And I was like, yeah, I'm so glad I'm not a wrestling fan anymore. They took our derbs. <laughs> and here I am. Uh, all right holy fuck this first match was a absolute clusterfuck we yeah. have ourselves a raven versus big show in a hardcore title match but somehow it was okay that we had the title change hands in the middle of the match <laughs> when you got interference from crash holly hardcore holly steve blackman billy gunn and two females that i didn't know who they were one of them was girl ninja i don't know who I don't know. She started the match by immediately interfering. This match was hard to beer rating because I interference was was like constant. And also, you didn't know that Crash Holly was Crash Holly for sure uh, until the end because when he first showed up, he he was dressed as a popcorn vendor. (laughs) (laughs) He was just he got in the ring and they were like, "Look, there's a popcorn vendor," and Big Show just choke slams him. was like the whole this whole match was just like what the fuck moments like all right now he's choked something a popcorn vendor who the fuck could that be like there's women coming on here and fucking ninja outfits randomly attacking people who the fuck could that be <laughs> uh billy gunn pins raven in the middle of the match to mm-hmm. win the belt which i did not think was okay in the middle of hardcore title matches it's 24 7 it's not though they've literally suspended rules for this every time i do think it's done that in the middle of a sanctioned match that this happened and then billy gunn gets pinned again by raven so raven loses then wins and then loses to big show yeah i do have a couple notes in here uh because i forgot that joe wasn't going to be on this week so like i have a note that says joe's dog is hardcore champ now and then I have another note that says Raven uses a fire extinguisher. But then I said, don't you need thumbs to do that? But <laughs> the jokes just don't hit as well because Joe's oh, they're not still here. Good. They're still good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was chaotic, but difficult to keep track of. Uh, we're giving it four beers. Yeah, we think. <laughs> I think it's at least that. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, solid opener. 
yeah chaotic chaos <laughs> we, went, we went for it we went from chaos to incredible wrestling yeah intercontinental championship four-way chris jericho x-pac eddie guerrero and chris benoit um we started this match with a back well before the match we had a backstage uh interview with uh the two radicals members guerrero and benoit and the the question was begged chad how would they coexist in this match I think they even said the word coexist. They did. That's why <laughs> they, that's they that's, didn't frown upon this conversation. They literally used the word that's, coexist. That's why I took the note because they said it and I was like, I was literally Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV. I was like, they said the word. <laughs> they said the word 22 years ago. It's always been a thing. God damn it. Why? Uh, why, Vince? Why? This was back when we didn't hate you. Oh yeah. But we should have. We should have known. We should have known but yeah um, they didn't coexist was, by the way no they did not <laughs> but goddamn, this was good i i have a a note here i think chris benoit has the hardest chops in the history of professional wrestling mm. like i know we say gunther now and i know people talk about rick flair back in the day but like rick flair's are not rick flair's were not hard i do think but i i think i agree gunther's uh are more forceful but the sound of a Chris Benoit chop, like echoes in arenas. Yeah. It looks like the most painful thing in the world, whereas Gunther's look like they're like one of those wrestling moves, you know, where like it pushes you to the mat more than it like smacks you. I'm this trying to fucking, think. So this, the strike from Chris Benoit in this match, every time he hit a chop, I was just like, oh, my God. Prime Chris Jericho gives it a run for its money, but it's not even close still. Um, I think the only thing that would really challenge it is like Minoru Suzuki or uh, yeah, Ishii. or Hiro, yeah, Tomo Ishii. Like, or you've got to go to Kojima. No, I, well, I haven't watched like his prime stuff. Like, I at least he's was a, watching Minoru yeah, Suzuki matches like within the last eight years. You know, like yeah. seven or eight years. So like before he was this old. Like, I've seen some legit chops. From both of those guys, the Stone Pitbull and Suzuki. So, but I do think, yeah, Benoit is number one for sure. Um, let's see. Toward the end of this match, uh, Just Incredible comes out. He was there. Uh, I guess he's in the WWF now, and he's yeah, first uh, getting involved in this match on behalf of X Pac. Um, you didn't count on a debut for that, did you? No, he no. They were talking about him like he had been okay. around. Okay, me too. No. I just want to make sure that's not where I like lost you. No. Um, but yeah, Jericho. Jericho rolls up X Pac, who I think was the champ coming into this. I um, thought Jericho was the champ coming into this. No, it was a new champ. X Pac was the champ. Oh, yeah. Sure. I remember X Pac holding the belt up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Jericho comes out Intercontinental Champ. And he's going to go to WrestleMania to have a fucking banger triple threat match. Who's in the match? Tell me now. I'm pretty sure. Now, I could be super wrong about this, but I'm fairly certain that that match is Jericho versus Benoit versus Kurt Angle. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Have you not watched Mania 17? I've seen the main event of Mania 17, and then I've seen the tag match from Mania 17. You mean the TLC match? Yes. Obviously, I've seen those two, but that, that is the end of the list of what I've seen. I'll tell you a match that I forget everything about from WrestleMania 17 and I'm semi excited to watch it, but I know that's not one of the greats in the streak. 
uh, Taker, Triple H. Oh, yeah. I I did remember that was what they did uh, after the Triple H three stages of hell match on this card. Um, that his next match was Undertaker, but mm-hmm. I don't remember much about that match. So I, yeah, I'm kind of excited to watch. We're not, it. we're not. I think it's, I think Orton at Mania 21 is the first like streak matches are now like just incredible every year. Yeah, they, they Mania, weren't great in the first set of run, and I've watched some of the older like, ones. Up until now, my... we haven't really had a good one. Next year, so the one we're about to watch is Triple H. Then it's Ric Flair. And then 19 is the handicap with a train and big show. I thought that was 20. No, 20 is against Kane when he comes back and as the dead man. And then 21 is 20 is 21 is or they did the tag match, the handicap match. Nope. It's 19. That's at Safeco field. Oh yeah, you're right. But then like the run of like Orton, the casket match with Henry, whatever. I think 23 is Batista. Then edge. I don't remember who 25 is. Oh, never mind. Michaels, Michaels, Triple Michaels. H, Triple H. <laughs> yeah, those four are phenomenal. Then Michaels, Michaels, Triple H, Triple H. Oh, my God. I'm going to do it. In there 29 is Punk, and then 30 is Lesnar, and then Wyatt, and then no, nope, and then Shane McMahon, 33 Roman Reigns, 34 John Cena, 35 Nobody, 36 AJ Styles. Is that Man, it? That was That was kind of impressive. Is that it? I guess so. Well, and then we can't forget the um, the 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 super showdown match with okay, we can, DX we can versus forget that we can forget that <laughs> DX versus the Brothers of Destruction. Yeah, I'm gonna try and forget that ever happened. Um. Anyways, that was a quite the tangent for this triple or fatal four way intercontinental championship match uh, that got 3.75 beers. Awesome match. Highly recommend. Jericho wins, and then we got. This what I good. thought was this a was really good, good match. <laughs> this was good. Shit. This match was really good. Was it like I was I was this taking takes my the notes cake for the first great women's match. I was like I was I was writing the notes for this in my phone and I was like, "Oh my god. Am I about to have like the hottest of hot takes for this?" Nope. When it comes to this match. But I'm glad to know that you really enjoyed this match between Stephanie McMahon and <laughs> Trish Stratus. <laughs> Dude, they went hard in this match. It was like a grudge match over Stephanie. I went dad. hard in this match. <laughs> Whoa. Well, Stephanie Ju- McMahon was juiced. there, so, you know, I was juiced. Trish Stratus but, was there. Yeah, different opinions, but same result. Um, they had like a like a feud because like... Um, I think what made it great was the story. Yeah, the story. There was a story. They because of the story they started off the match real rough. They were like doing like Luthes presses and like what looked like hard hits. They were trying to throw each other into steel steps and onto the tables. And it wasn't a hardcore match. They didn't do anything that was like outside the realm of like okay. But they were doing everything and it looked heavy and hard. And they were doing mm-hmm. it with passion, which was selling you on the story. And you I'm knew at some passion. point you you knew at some point William Regal was going to show up based on the the pre match backstage segment where. You know, Vince McMahon laid out his expectations that like once his daughter and once is like boo thing. So, you know, William Regal needs to go do what he knows what he needs to do. And he left it ambiguous, um, which caused William Regal to come out and interfere in the match, lay out both women, play Stephanie on top of Trish and Stephanie gets the win. But I got to tell you, this I, this was like the first women's match we've watched on these retros. 
that I was like, God damn, that was good. We've had yeah. some good okay matches that we were like, oh man, these are like the women's matches finally getting some time. No, this was actually good. It was so good. Like, um, I have a I have a Jerry Jerry Lawler quote for this. Naturally. Obviously, so there was a point in the match where, oh man, who did it? Oh, I wrote it right above it. So Stephanie McMahon p- picks up a pitcher of water from the from the uh, announce desk and just like just drenches Trish with Thanks. water. And Jerry Lawler's just like, what t-shirt? What what t-shirt? <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> it was so funny. Jerry Lawler's such a hound dog. Oh, so <clears throat> I'm sorry, but the other part of this, and I hope that I didn't mishear you because I was half listening because I was getting a bunch of texts about this Jag Saints game uh like a minute ago. But did you talk about the William Regal aspect of this match? Yeah, I mentioned that okay. William Regal like got the the marching orders that were incredibly ambiguous. Then yeah. he gets involved in the match, and then you know what you need to do. And then he gets Stephanie to win. And then I don't remember. I don't think it was right after this match, but later in the night, Vince McMahon finds William Regal backstage, and William Regal's like, "I did it, boss. I did what you asked for." He's like, "No, you didn't. We're gonna do a mixed tag match on Raw. Me and." Trish against you and Stephanie because you fucked it all up. (laughs) It was the whole thing didn't make any sense, but like the match itself was awesome. This one I started thinking like, man, this pay-per-view is actually like really fucking good. This was the point where I was like, okay, if the women's match slaps this fucking hard, literally and figuratively, this is going to be an all-timer. And it fucking was. It was great. Um, best 1.75 beer. Man. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there's probably a better one. Uh, but 1.75 beers for this. Uh, Stephanie wins. Yeah, Stephanie wins. All right. Next oh, match. All timers. Here we go. <laughs> Three stages of hell. Triple H versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. So it went <clears throat> uh, singles match, then street fight. Then, if needed, obviously it was needed, a steel cage match. You don't have a three stages of hell match and not do all three stages. Oh, no. That was always going to three stages. But your favorite thing about the third stage happened. Dude. (laughs) We'll just cut to the chase here and get to the steel cage match. We can talk about everything else. But they literally said during the steel cage portion of the match... There was a point like, okay, a couple pinfalls had happened. You, If you're a longtime listener of the show, you already know where I'm going, but you might not. You might not know how, how far they went with this. There was a point where Triple H was climbing the cage, and JR's like, I don't know why he's climbing the cage. You can't win by escaping the cage. I was watching, and my jaw dropped. I was like, what the fuck do you mean you can't win by escaping the cage? You can only win by pinfall? What is the fucking point? That was what my mind was doing because my my wife and my kid were both asleep. So I wasn't screaming that at the top of my lungs, but I really fucking wanted to. Oh, only bad thing about this match was that <laughs> the rest, everything else, fucking incredible. You know, I got to tell you, this was a fucking banger. It was 40 minutes long mm-hmm. because it was three matches and each one had their own separate identity. 
like the what was it? The first one was normal match. Second one was it was like brawling though, like the singles match. They were brawling and even, yeah, even was, like uh, yeah. Jerry, Jerry and Jim Ross were like, "Man, it looks like we started the street fight early, gang." Yeah, the first mat, the first mat, the first part, like we said, brawling was like they went around the ring. They were hitting each other very hard. They were going so hard that I was actually concerned we might not get to a third stage just because like the amount yeah. of effort they were putting into that first match, which uh, ends in a stone cold stunner and a stone cold pinfall. Yep. Which led into the second match, which was a hardcore match. Anything goes false can anywhere whatever it yeah. was but this one this one they went out in the crowd like immediately triple h was trying to like run away um we had a ton of chair shots we had uh, a barbie we had a barbie appearance the barbed wire two by four um triple h takes a disgusting bump through the spanish announce table oh yeah um also that was a half a beer that i counted for that yep um and oh yeah I mean, it was just weapons on weapons, blood, lots of blood. Um, yeah, it was, it was just really good. Um, the chair shot that busted Triple H open was disgusting, also. Uh, but uh, Triple H won the street fight, obviously, because we got to the steel cage match with a sledgehammer pedigree combo. Uh, yeah, and then we got to the steel cage that you could not win by escaping the cage. Chad, I'll let you talk about the steel cage portion of it because that just just talking about it, thinking about it again, it just pisses me off. Yeah, I will say it was um, is my least favorite of the three um, because I feel like they didn't utilize the aspects of the cage mm-hmm. that much in the steel cage. They were confined to it. They weren't allowed to escape it, which was fucking weird, like you said. Um, but they didn't use a lot of aspects of the cage other than like occasionally throwing each other into it. Um, It'll be all they end up doing like a double clothesline or something. Um, kind of like small, like they double hit each other with something, or all I remember is they both did the same move to each other. Triple H falls down after 40 minutes, he falls on top of Stone Cold, and they call the three count. And yeah, it's over. they what was the double shot at the end? It was uh was it like I think Triple H had the sled I know, I think Triple H had the sledgehammer and Austin had Barbie. Is that what it was? And they both hit each other at the same time, something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Austin falls, and then and then Triple H falls on top of him, and that is how it ends. Uh, this got seven beers. Incredible match. Uh, then we'll move on to worst worst match of the night, probably, definitely. Um, um. Oh yeah. No, without a doubt, this was awful. Without a doubt, worst match of the night, but it gave you something to look forward to. Um, this was uh, Jerry Lawler versus Steven Richards. If uh, Steven Richards won, the cat would have to, I think, be part of Right to Censor. And if Jerry Lawler won, the cat was going to get naked. So obviously, I was rooting for Jerry Lawler to win. Uh, That's his wife at the time. Yes. Um, but yeah, the match was nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, the cat looked great. So that was cool. Let me ask you a moral question. Would you ever have a match where if you won, your wife had to take her clothes off in front of, you know, 20,000 people? Would you ever be fighting for the ability for your wife to go naked in the crowd? Fighting kayfabe? No, like if you had to make real life choices, would you so fight? Do for you your think that Jerry right Lawler to... made a real life choice? 
I mean, I think he was involved in story making at this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, would I, if I were in Jerry Lawler's shoes, would I have followed through and done this exact same thing? I don't know. Probably. Because money, money runs the world. Probably got a big payday. And then also, he didn't win. So, which was probably their decision. <laughs> like, hey, I don't want my wife getting naked again, but I will quote unquote kayfabe fight for the right for her yeah, to it do just that. didn't make a lot of sense mentally for me i missed the the storyline didn't work for me because i would never do that but you know it is Jerry yeah, i guess Waller. also like they i don't think people knew that they were married at the time oh, but they were yeah which looking were. at them on stage walking together was like why dude must be fucking loaded hung you know what i'm saying oh i don't know if you're talking about penis size or money uh, loaded in his pants, juiced. Might I, might I add? I mean, you can be juiced for all two inches. That's not saying much. He was very juiced. I mean, I get very juiced about <laughs> things all the time, and I'm only rocking a few inches there, bud. All right. Either way, this got a beer and a quarter. Let's move on. Tag team. Nope. Yeah. Tri- yeah. Triple threat tag team tables match. Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys versus the Brothers of Destruction. Here's what I have to say. Pre-match interview with the Brothers of Destruction, Undertaker says, the big dogs run the yard. I mean, the foreshadowing here. Was Roman Reigns even 18 at this time? I mean, the foreshadowing. They are incredible with the the storytelling here. I don't think that's even remotely what they were (laughs) talking about, but you know. It's a bit, Chad. I will say... Come uh, on, man. This tables match uh, started off with uh, a lot of bang, like a lot of things going on. Um, but then near the end, uh, you get a really weird interference from Haku and Rikishi. Yeah. Against the Brothers of Destruction, which kind of take them out of the match. And then a really boring, like out of nowhere, 3D ends the match. Yeah, it was a very flat finish. Very flat. But like... To me at the time, it made sense when I was watching it because I was like, there's no way. Well, at first I thought it was elimination, but they never said those words. So it makes sense. Um, but like them needing to take somehow get a way to get Kane and Taker out of the match so that someone else could win makes a lot of sense to protect Kane and Taker because they are giants in the ring and cannot be stopped when they're not distracted but they get distracted a lot because they're big and dumb yeah so mostly kane (laughs) yeah derpy kane (laughs) you don't remember derpy kane uh kane fucking sucks um he he reiterated (laughs) that in this match that kane just fucking sucks i can't wait for taking off the mask kane because those matches are really terrible what you don't like you didn't like the katie vick stuff uh, I can't wait for Gene Snitsky. If that makes oh my you. God. I can't wait to see a video package for that match between Gene Snitsky and Kane with Lita and Kane's corner. And we get to see Gene Snitsky punting a baby into the crowd. Yeah. On a that, video package. That happened, everybody. That happened. Not a real baby. Nope. It was a fake baby. But um, it was a baby. Yeah. Anyways, the uh, the Dudleys win with a 3D to Christian through a table. Um, obviously, like we already said, Kane and Taker were busy with the Samoans, uh, and I got three and a quarter beers. 
before we keep going, I want to show you this uh, next beer I'm drinking here. Look at this cool can. Ooh, Old Dominion. Gold Nail. Oh, I love Gold Nails. This is an ODU Golden Ale from New Realm Brewing. It's only 4.5%, but this is crisp and delicious. And Golden uh, Ales have the best flavor, in my opinion, for I don't know, they're they're a, light, the, a light beer. The, like they're, the light, they're light beers, right? So they're That's the easiest like to drink. Wave so much. Big Wave is delicious. It's, it's easier to drink. My favorite Golden Ale. Yeah. Once it hits your lips, it's just so good. It's refreshing. Yeah, it is. You can't say the same thing about like a a nine percent double stout. Like that's not no. refreshing. You just you kind know? of suffer through it. You're like, I'm gonna get drunk. It's fine. I had um, it's like I kind of have to drink this so that I get drunk. A ten percent double stout from like Rebel Brewing or something like that. Something from Texas. This week it was a double chocolate stout, but this this week I got a. A Mexican chocolate style from New Realm when I bought these uh, ODU beers. That's Owaka Chaka. And it's, uh, it's got chili pepper and cinnamon and a 10% double stout. It's, I like the it's, name. I'm it's just still delicious. A, I'm not a stout or a porter guy. Like, I've tried them. I don't like them. I just, I, and I'll always maintain this opinion about stouts and porters. I feel like I need to chew it before I swallow it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's nice and thick. It's thick. Thick boy, Cardi B thick. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Some thick boy beer. Just got rum, 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 rum. Yeah, I'm a volume drinker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know you are. I'm more of a higher ABV content, lower quantity kind of guy. But we get the same place, you know? Yeah, eventually. Speaking of getting the same place, we both got to this main event uh, where The Rock took on Kurt Angle. Yeah, I mean, I hinted at this last week. You did jokingly when I was like, man, I wonder who Stone Cold's going to face at WrestleMania 17. Yeah, would it be know. the Kurt Angle or would it be the rock? So I, I don't think I've ever seen this match. Yeah, I, I haven't, but I knew exactly who was going to win. <laughs> um, But it was still a good match. Oh, no, it was uh, very good. Other than like, I have a note here that says, and here comes the big show. <laughs> yeah. That one was confusing. I don't the know why big the show, big show showed up. The big show part of the, I guess he got screwed out of being in this match. That would have made it a triple threat. But like, it just didn't make any sense. First of all, he came out and the first thing he did was choke slam Earl Hebner. Yeah. <laughs> or whoever the ref was. Was it Hebner? Yeah. Wait. It, well, it was, no, it was Mike Kyoto. It, it was Mike Kyoto. Yeah, it was Mike Kyoto. I have it was a immediate note interference it. and ref bump. Yeah. Then he choke slams Angle and The Rock, and then he just leaves. No disqualification gets called. Um, which kind of makes sense because Big Show came out and choke slammed Kyoto first. But then, you know, Rock and Angle eventually get up way before Kyoto does. Kyoto is out of the ring getting helped to the back by Hebner and somebody else. And there was a point. <laughs> so they're like carrying Kyoto. He's like carrying Kyoto on his shoulders, not like a fireman's carry, but like, you know, they're walking together, arm around the shoulder and all that. Like the, like Kyoto's basically dead. <laughs> there was a point where I think it was the rock went for a pin on angle and Kyoto and Hebner just drops Kyoto on the ground, gets in the ring, makes the count. <laughs> oh, fuck you, dude. I got to go do your job so for fun. you. I got to go do my job or else they're going to took our jobs. <laughs> <sighs> Um, let's see. Oh, I also have another note here that says, What the fuck was that two count by Hebner? Oh, oh, it was the end. It was the end. Yeah. 
It made uh, no sense. No, yeah, he gets the rock bottom. He gets a two count, and Re- Her- Earl Hebner like stops, but like Kurt Angle did not kick out. No, so he stood up. They did the same move again. He counts the three count. He calls the match, and the Rock like yells at him. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Like, did they change who was going to win this match? Like during the match, I don't know. I'm really glad they did because Rock. Imagine the Austin versus Angle at Mania 17. Yeah, that instead. would not have. Um. It's just wouldn't hit Dude, the same. My first two comments in my notes about this match have nothing to do with the match at all. Um, <laughs> the first one was that uh, the camera guy fell. And one of my favorite things is watching the camera angle when they are using the camera of the guy who falls. Um, it happened on the side away from the hard cam. So like when they shifted to the normally like locked in hard cam, you saw the guy like standing up like in the background after he fell down. <laughs> and the, the refs and the fans are all like pointing at him, laughing at him for falling I down. I did not notice that. And then not long after that, in the same shot, there's a guy getting like ripped out of his seat by security and getting like <laughs> drug out of the arena. I couldn't stop watching this happen behind it. He's getting like drug out like he is like uh, like a murderer they finally like caught and they have like Rango More. But like they have like two buff ass security guards like dragging this dude like mule kicking out of the arena in the background <laughs> of the match. I couldn't stop watching it. So I missed like a whole like minute and a half of this match watching a camera guy fall down and this guy getting ripped out of the crowd. <laughs> good news. I finally caught up to the match. It was a really good fucking match though. Oh boy. I'm really upset i missed both of those things (laughs) damn it i'm glad you saw it but man um but yeah the rock wins uh we knew it was happening it got two and a quarter beers um no way out finishes with 23 and a quarter total beers tied for 27th in the beer ratings it's pretty good it's pretty insane i mean it's top it's top half i think top half you have to be like 18 or more or something like that but like the fact that you're like getting over 20 beers for a pay-per-view doesn't even crack the top 25. Can you tell me how many seems insane? How many pay-per-views you have in your beer ratings? I think so. I mentioned this. I don't know if it was on or off air last week, but I'm looking up right now. I'm going to make a guess right now at 114. Oh no. I'm, Oh wait, no, I'm looking at matches. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to make a guess. Oh no, this was the 113th. No, I how many I have in mine right now with all the Probably extra like shit. 175. 223. Jesus Christ, Chad. That's with all the NWAs, the Impacts, and the classic retro uh, WWE ones that I'm caught up until I'm in like 93, 94-ish time frame right now. So I only have like two or three more years I got to catch up on before I caught up to where y'all started the podcast. Which is at. realistically only like eight pay-per-views a year, probably. No, because the, the year before y'all start the Petro is the year they started in your house. And there's like 12 that year. Okay. So like 95, 96 ish time frame had like 12 in it. Okay. So I got to watch like 12 incredibly bad in your house pay-per-views. <laughs> in your house, mind games. In, in your, your house, house D Generation X. No, we watched that one. Yeah, those are those are just the terrible names. I can't remember if we watched Mind Games or not. Like some of those are just terrible. I just remember the best one because it was so short, but it had the best main event was Canadian Stampede. 
Oh yeah, I mean that one was terrible with the exception of the the main event. Yeah, but the main event made up for everything. That was only like an hour and fifty minutes long. Yeah. Um, every match was incredibly terrible until you got to this great five on five main event. Oh my god, it was so good. All right, <clears throat> I think it's time for a new beer, and then we will get to the weekly wrestling recap. Let's do it. Dude, you're missing out. These uh, ODU Golden Ales are actually incredible. Really? Very crisp, but delicious. And I'm not a big Golden Ale fan. Usually I like some of a lot more like uh, hard flavor. Do you, you like, know, like Big Wave? Yeah, I do like Big Wave. This reminds me of Big Wave. Yeah, I mean, like that's... A, like a crisp, flavorful, not like a Miller Lite, Bud Light, like kind of lax yeah, flavor. Yeah, lagers. These like, this is like light, crisp, refreshing with a lot of flavor. Like, I think my two favorite types of light beers, it's Golden Ale <clears throat> and then like a uh, a salt and lime lager. Uh, one that reminds... don't like those. But it's like, um, think of like, think of like Corona, but you add in the salt and lime That's, flavor. The salt part is what I don't like. like. But, it, but it's uh, smoother. Like, I'm talking like a good one. I've had some good ones. Like I've got, I had some good lime Mexican lagers, um, from like crap breweries before, and I yeah. really like the Mexican style lager. The one with like here, lime in them. I just don't like the salt. The one here, uh, there's a brewery like five minutes away from me, and they have this Mexican lager called Trace Dudes, and it's so good. Three dudes. I love it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, mi habla español. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. You want to talk about the show of the week to start us off? Yeah. Uh, season premiere week, by the way. Uh, SmackDown. This show had everything. It was so good. First of all, we had the return of Roman Reigns. We had the return of Paul Heyman's black hair. We had... The um, return of Elton Prince. Elton Prince. Elton Strong. We had some general manager stuff. We had a Triple H appearance. The Jade Cargill backstage a, a new SmackDown signing. The Jade Cargill stuff. And then a main event that was... It was good. Even the tag title defense before the main event was better than the main event. Wait. Oh, yeah. I didn't even take a note on the main event. I forgot the tag title wasn't the main event. My, the, my last notes are the tag title defense and the the on the ramp stuff afterwards oh my god moment of the week for me was okay so just to get there the night starts out and john cena's in the ring this was interrupted. an incredible opening segment by the way it's interrupted by roman reigns right so roman reigns comes down roman reigns like you're washed up why are you even fucking here this is my show you do things my way and John Cena's like, I'm not here to do anything but like acknowledge you. I'm not the one who wants the match. I this, haven't earned it. This I will guy say, has. Before, before Cena said that, I was scared because of the rumors of Roman versus yeah. Styles or Roman versus Cena at Crown Jewel. And I really wanted LA Knight. And then Cena was like, I acknowledge you. I'm not here to fight you. I haven't earned it. This guy this has. This guy has. And fucking boom, hit, hit LA Knight's music. The pop of the crowd. Where were they? Um, Tulsa? Yeah, that sounds or was right. that Monday? I don't know. They were Midwest. They were mid somewhere in the Midwest, and the crowd was incredible. 
incredible. Yeah, they they pop big for LA Knight. He comes out of the ring, and then the LA Knight and fucking Roman Reigns promo like off on each other was incredible. Yeah. LA Knight held his own against Roman Reigns, which you know we should have known was gonna happen, but he never had like that big of a person in that big of a spot in WWE yet. You know, I would like, argue the the biggest spot he's had was the last pay-per-view match he had, which was him teaming with Cena against the bloodline. And then like his biggest promo work has had to be competing against the Miz, which while that I is guess, a big deal, because that's very hard to do, because the Miz usually owns every promo. There was also the Bray Wyatt stuff, but he was just mostly getting beat up during that feud. Yeah, I wouldn't count that, because he wasn't over yet. Also that. Like, this was awesome. He uh, he held his own 100% against Roman Reigns, who's one of the best in the business in every aspect. I mean, I'm pumped for this match. I've seen some... Uh, um, house show clips of him hitting the BFT on Roman Reigns. I don't know. Or I, oh I don't know God. if it's multiple or just one that just keeps going around, but it it's so smooth. He's going to hit it at Crown Jewel. Yeah, he's going to hit it. He's obviously not going to win. He's uh, not going to sharpie me in for Roman Reigns, but yeah, sharpie me down for that. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that match is going to be incredible. I'm really going to enjoy that. So basically, I mean, just a hot start to the show. All that intro led to them announcing that the main event was going to be Solo versus LA Knight. And then Cody and Jay were there to defend their tag team titles against the other members of or no. the A-Town Down Under. But since we have yeah, Roman in the building, challenge. these are the two last matches of the night. They got the, the Cody and Jay match and then the Ellie and I versus solo match, which Roman came out for. So after Cody and Jay defend against a town down under, which was an awesome match, by the way, a town down under very, very good. Yeah. Um, big Grayson Waller fan. Uh, Ooh. is this Austin uh, theories come up? This is Austin. Is, this is what is Austin road theory to redemption. Needs to do. This is what he needs to do right now. Is road this, to redemption in our eyes. I like this. Yeah. I like him in this tag team. <laughs> My wife calls it just two drunk frat guys. Because that's what, what the vibe they get off. No, the the, <laughs> the the A-Town Down Under dudes just look like two drunk frat guys. Oh, frat. <laughs> I thought you said fat. No, frat guys. <laughs> that's why I thought uh, you were talking about our show. Oh, no, that is us, though. But uh, that's an episode title. As Cody two walks away, fat guys. As Cody walks away from beating the A-Town Down Under dudes, Roman's music hits, and Roman and Cody have the stare down of the decade. Juiced. I was so juiced. I jumped out of bed. I was watching it in bed, like as it was ending. I was like waiting for the show to get over so I go to sleep. And I was just watching it and I jumped out of bed. It was holy fuck. It was perfect. The the look on Cody's face was a totally different Cody than we have seen yet. Like we're the perfect distance away for these types of teases for what will be a WrestleMania main event. Yes. Like, oh my God. God, it was the so first good. thing I said when it started is we are getting it and we are going to be there to see it. Ooh, we are going to be there when Cody beats Roman. Oh boy, it was almost as good as the stare down between Jay Cargill and Charlotte Flair. Which, when that happened, another was another WrestleMania match. I mean, potentially, we're going to see it at some point. It's going to be amazing. As much as we all hate Charlotte for like her 15 title reigns. Charlotte can have a great match with anybody. 
Oh, for sure. Charlotte's one of the best of all time. Yes. Jay Cargill needs to have matches against people like that early and often. If we're going to sell Jay Cargill, like she's immediately coming to the roster and being a main event player, she has to have matches against people she's been having these backstage segments with, which this week alone, she had a Charlotte Flair. She had a Becky Lynch. Like, holy fuck, if you're going to go after two people on the roster to have backstage segments with, Holy, those are the two greatest yeah. of all time talk on about the a, roster right talk now. Talk about a, a rub. Yeah, those are the two. Main event rub. <laughs> those are the two best on the roster. Yeah. All time. Maybe two of the best four all time, period. End of sentence. Um, yeah. I, I mean, when it comes. Who, who's, it on your, who's on your women's Mount Rushmore? I mean, I think those two and Trish. And then, I mean, after that, it's you've got a. a a revolving door of Lita, Bailey, Asuka. So I think right now in there, I think you're at, there's six names you have to consider. I think that uh, Bailey, Charlotte, Becky, Trish, Lita, and Asuka are the only six even in contention. mm, Well, I mean, there's so many more though that will be on that list and that will pass. The only like old school person with their on the list is like China. You also have Rhea, Raquel, like not not there yet. Rhea, yeah. Raquel, Bianca. Bianca's next up. Shayna under Maybe Triple H there. could easily get there. Wait, who? Shayna under Triple H oh, could Shana. easily get there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, fuck, imagine if Alexa Bliss comes back and has some of the runs that she had when she first had the titles. I mean, there was a period there where Alexa Bliss was winning just as many titles as Shasha or Bailey or Becky. Yeah. She was, I loved those times. Yeah, that was... uh. That was prime Alexa. Miss those days. Oh crap! She's I just have the baby. word in my TV. I uh, thought I was talking to it. Stupid Fire TV. Uh, all right. What else from SmackDown? Let's see. We've got. Um, oh, but, all right. Let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, pretty deadly. Oh, dude. <laughs> Elton Strong. This was awesome. Yeah. The return of a healthy Elton Prince. And then, like, the selling of a fake injury against Ridge Holland made it so believable. And the way the referee responded and the way Elton Prince, like, dropped his gimmick and, like, looked actually hurt and Ridge Holland being the person they pulled this on made it so believable that he might actually be hurt. I think even during the match, one, uh, one of the announcers was like, well, I mean... Ridge Holland would never purposefully injure people. And all I could think was like, I mean, he hasn't, but that's a, that's a hot topic on the internet there. Whoever said that, whether it was Cole or Patrick or Graves or yeah, I think Graves. Yeah. So we got a, we got a win for pretty deadly in the return. Yeah. Enjoyable match. Yes, boy. Love to see it. Yes, boy. And I am so over on pretty deadly. I want title runs. Mm-hmm. Same. I can't wait for the picture that they post with them of the titles. Oh, that's going to be great. Do you follow them on Instagram? Well, I mean, we do with the account, but they always, every time they win a title, a set of tag titles, and you can go back and look, they post um, pictures of them posing with the titles, but it's like them in bed or them in the bathroom. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's like uh, very intimate settings. It's really funny. Um, but just like them with the titles, it's it's really good. They're the best. Um, I love the dumb wrestling fans who think they're gay on the internet. Yeah, that's really dumb because Elton Prince is dating uh 
old Kelly Ring of Kincaid. Honor girl. Yeah. So Kelly Kincaid. So that's what told my wife. She was like, I told her that dumb people on the internet think they're gay just because they're gimmick. And she's like, that's pretty close minded. And I was like, well, I mean, a lot of dumb wrestling fans out there just see like surface level things and assume because of it. But he's dating an incredibly attractive woman. So uh yeah. very not gay. And even if he was, that'd be fine. That's yeah. cool. What's so bad about that? Trio's tag champ is on eight. Twenty twenty three. Maybe two of them. I don't even know. Yeah. Uh okay. Uh next note for me was uh Hurt Business 2.0 takes out Carlito, which wasn't cool. Oh, it was cool. I was a big fan of it. No, it was uh, not cool. The jokes about the apple loved it. That it wasn't cool, Chad. It was cool for me. No. Oh, Carlito's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but him getting beat up was not cool. That, that's not cool. Um I I do I do miss the Carlito gimmick. I love it. So it's I'm like glad spitting it's back. the apple in their face, like almost like yeah. the mist, but like the I apple. I cannot wait for someone to get apple spit in their face. Backlash that happened. Incredible. Yeah, that's true. Um, they had the rumble, right? Was it the rumble? Wasn't it the rumble? Maybe not this year, but the year before. Maybe the year before. I don't think it was this year. I thought it was like it's been recent year. Maybe. Um. All right. I think the next and last thing to talk about is the Triple H segment. Yeah, the the crowd pop for Triple H was unprecedented. It was awesome. Yeah, he looks great. By the way, I'm glad he's in better health. As oh, soon as he came sure. out, he looked phenomenal for his age. I was like, yeah. it looks like he's clearly recovered, and he's in good, uh, good health now, which is so good to hear. So I I have a question for you on what was, and I think the the two contenders for line of the week or joke of the week, whatever you want to call it, came from this segment. First was Triple H when Sub Mysterio came out. And the crowd was booing him like they always do. And Triple H goes, man, I always thought they were pumping in that noise. <laughs> he went one further later and said, here, take my mic. Try this one. Maybe it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> or or is it new SmackDown general manager Nick Aldis, who was introduced when he went on and introduced himself to Sub Mysterio and was like, hey, I'm a big fan. Of your dad, your dad, <laughs> dude. Uh, I'll take number two as for the win. Uh, but I must say, Nick Aldis is like the reason I got into NWA. Like his feud with Cody Rhodes back in the day, or that NWA title when they did all in, all in. That was the all in match. Yeah, like those two competing for the NWA title is like what got me into watching the Lightning One era of NWA, which is like the Billy Corgan era. Uh-huh. Um, because he bought it around that time frame. Um. And since then, I've watched every pay-per-view they've ever had. It's not always the best product, but there are some entertaining wrestlers there. Like and Tyrus? No, he's retired now. <laughs> was he Was he entertaining? No, he was ter- terrible. Yeah, I hated Tyrus. I, that's kind of what I was getting at. I hated Tyrus. I was trying um, to Before that was Trevor Murdoch, and that was not it either. Yeah. Um, and now it's EC3, and that's not it either. Um, yeah, it sounds like they're crushing it. No, they're struggling a little bit. Their next pay-per-view is an all-hardcore pay-per-view. Like, every match is a stipulation, like, Extreme Rules. Is it, like, a GCW, like, No, show? I don't think it'll be like that. I'll think it'll be, like, a WWE Extreme Rules style. But okay. the point being, Nick Aldis is the person who got me into that company. Like, I would not be a fan and watch it now if it wasn't for Nick Aldis. And so when I saw him leave the company, 
that sucked. And I like wanted him to do something I could watch. He had like a two pay-per-view gig with impact. He went over there. He had a slam anniversary main event against Alex Shelley. Very good. But then that, they said that was a temporary thing. And I was like, Oh fuck, that sucks. Where's he going to go? And I was like, really hoping it wasn't AEW. And ever since that happened, they said like rumors, he's back working backstage for WWE. Yeah. Then he starts posting on Instagram, like pictures of himself. Uh, and then he would like hashtag WWE on all his pictures. Oh, like he was clearly signed. And I was like, what job is he doing? And a rumor says he's producing matches. He might be. Um, well, apparently what I read this week is that he's up to this point been producing matches and the company uh, leadership is so impressed with him doing that. They instantly knew that he was too big of like a personality to just leave backstage. Oh, for sure. The same he- thing that happened to Adam Pierce. Like the minute Adam Pierce started producing matches, they were like, you're too big of a personality to leave backstage. And Adam you're Pierce too good has been at incredible. This. It sucks that Adam Pierce can't get physical. Like he's like, per- he's like permanently retired. Like, yeah. Like, um, some other people, uh, Nigel's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But now we have Nick Aldis, and I like the fact, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but the dude can still wrestle. Yeah, I just watched him at Slammiversary this past year. It's so like the last pay-per-view for Impact before the one that's happening tomorrow. Yeah, he main evented. In June or July, right? Yeah, and he killed it. It was a great match. So, so the fact that like WWE is always just a little bit better and you can always create some crazy wacky storylines with some shit heels or some really red hot baby faces going when when they get a match against an authority figure and I think it's been long enough that we don't have like that we haven't had like legitimately legitimate authority figures or general managers and now we do yeah, with no, Adam Pierce- Pearson Nick Aldis are like A pluses. Yeah. They're bringing a charisma. They're bringing experience. They're bringing like an extensive background in wrestling to the the, role. Incredible knowledge of wrestling. And the fact that they're like part timing as producers backstage is only adding to the product. Where do you think at the end of their tenure as general managers, do you think they will rank as like Raw and SmackDown like combo general managers? Like, do you think that Bischoff and Teddy Long cannot be topped? Because I think that's like the most notable. Yeah, that's the one I immediately go to. While I do think that's so memorable and that's that holds a special place for me because it's like, well, there when was I also this, into wrestling. Like, I'm trying to think of all the pairings. There's that. There's the Steph and Shane when they brought oh, when that. they rebranded everything. There was was Constable Corbin both because there was the Kurt Angle and somebody. I do remember Kurt Angle, but I remember Mick Foley being in charge of one at one point. Like, do you remember when the computer was the general manager? <laughs> yeah, the anonymous <laughs> general manager. I wasn't watching at the time, but I've that was when Michael Cole was on his shit heel gimmick. Oh, yeah, it loves thing. the fucking Miz. Like, yeah, God, Michael Cole. I go back and watch some of those matches, and he is fucking insufferable. I will say, here's what my answer to your question is, is while I think that my my pick would be Bischoff and Teddy Long, and it's like not even close between them and any other pairing, I think that there is a easily an ability for these two with their kind of wrestling history to make completely ca- different characters out of that and just be 
leaps and bounds the best combo of all time. P- Adam Pierce has basically done this job for three years now and has absolutely crushed it. Yeah. And is one of the best of all time already. Yeah. Like GM role, Adam Pierce is already one of the best. Here's why I think that people will, I don't want to say way too early, but very early on, um, put them at the top of their uh, GM rankings is because they're both faces. At least right now. I don't yeah. see Nick Aldis changing that. He very much came off as a face here. So he was um, a heel for a long time in NWA, but he finished as a face. I wouldn't be shocked if you saw it transition to him being the heel of any of them being a heel. Right. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Very excited. Um let's move on. We talked a lot about SmackDown at well deserved. Uh yep. collision. Oh, you don't want to talk about Rampage? I never want to talk about it unless you have something to say. It was the first time we saw Sky Blue with her like newer, darker persona. Was it hot? I mean, we saw her uh, lose with the same persona against Chris Statlander on Collision. Oh, so. then yes. Yes, it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then my only other comment, <laughs> Matt Menard is super pissed at Daniel Garcia about his dancing. And he still was on Wednesday. Which he was still doing on Wednesday. Um, My big thing for Collision had to get pointed out to me via Twitter. Tony Schiavone was on commentary. Mm-hmm. He's not normally. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that has something to do with Kevin Kelly being... Dude, they cannot figure out a combo for Collision. Well, it's been Kevin Kelly and Nigel the whole time. Well, they said like a month or two ago that it was going to be Ian Riccoboni. He was there for like a week and then he was gone. They announced like he's all elite and he's going to be the collision commentator. And then like two weeks later, Kevin Kelly's back. And it's Kevin Kelly and Nigel, not Ian Riccoboni and and Nigel. So like in the last three, four months, Nigel shows up. Kevin Kelly comes in like Ian Riccoboni comes in. Mainstay. Nigel's been there the whole time. Kevin Kelly comes back. Now Tony Schiavone shows up. But like, wasn't it three of them this week though? Like, wasn't Kevin Kelly still there? I don't even. I didn't even pay much attention. Because if Kelly, if Kevin Kelly wasn't there, I I honestly don't remember either. If Kelly, if Kevin Kelly wasn't there, and it was just Schiavone and Nigel, I could see it just being Kevin Kelly taking a night off or something. But if it was all three of them and Schiavone's just there as a as a third person, that's that seems like it's because they literally don't know what the fuck they're doing. No, that's that's my point here. Is like I'm not sure they have any fucking idea how to make Collision a reputable like product. Yeah, the fan attendance is trash. The views are trash. I'm completely disinterested at this point. It's tough to watch. I mean, Danielson versus Christian Cage was really fun. One match. Yeah, main event. I mean, I have zero other matches on this entire show that I gave a fuck about. Uh, yep. I said Willie Mac and Samoa Joe slap some meat. Yeah, Stat I like Willie over Sky Blue. Sup? Double sup. The, the opening segment I said was very WWE style. Like it's like yeah. an opening segment that sets up matches for later Dude, in the night. It felt like the Judgment Day versus Cody Rhodes, Jay Uso, like all the faces of a show versus the Judgment Day kind of thing. But the, the funniest <laughs> part about it was like Christian had that security come out. And uh, Danielson and Edge, I think Edge was getting involved with this, but like it was like the faces like started like beating up the security and the security was fighting back. I've never seen security fight back. 
Well, did you see on the internet who some of those guys were? No. Some of those guys are very famous indie wrestlers. One's Jake Chris, who used to be on a tag team with Sammy Callahan. Like, huh. Like people you would you knew the names of, but I had never seen a wrestle, like multiple of them. I've seen Jake Chris wrestle, but the rest of them I had heard the names of, but like who were couldn't they? recognize faces. I, I don't remember. I, like, I saw an internet post. Chris. So. I only know that from Impact because he's um he routinely comes back every now and then and helps Sammy Callahan out. Okay. They were in OVE together, Ohio versus everyone. Interesting. Well, all right. Let's get off a of collision. Let's go to Raw. Uh, my first note for Raw is in all caps. You want to take a guess at what it was? Uh, Who was missing from the show, Chad? Kevin Owens. That hasn't missed a show. That hasn't missed more than two shows in the last 26 Wait, years. Michael Cole wasn't there? Yeah. Who? Com- oh, it was Kevin Patrick. Yeah. And Wade Barrett. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even notice. Until you I said noticed that immediately. I was like, was Michael, Michael Cole, Cole missed a show? Literal weeks after he was being asked about how many shows he's missed in 26 years, which was two. Well, now it's three. In 26 years, though, you can't really fault him. Nope. Nope. He needs he needs to take a good hard look in the mirror at himself and be like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? You need more of a work ethic, Michael. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, What do you want to talk about for Raw? Okay, um, the opening segment was Sami Zayn uh, coming out. He is clearly upset that KO is gone. He's now on uh, SmackDown, which we kind of forgot to mention on SmackDown, but the general manager, Nick Aldis, said that the draft pick for Jay Uso was Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which we I was upset about because I really wasn't ready for Sami and Kevin to not be a tag team. But, like, it was time, though, right? They were getting stale. I don't know what else you could have done. So not that I wasn't stale by it. I wasn't stale by it, but I couldn't think of anything else they could do. Like they're singles wrestlers. They are. They had their tag team run. It was a ton of fun. The Mania match was incredible. It main evented. They deserved it. Um, yep. But like, yeah. It, My favorite it, part was Sami Zayn saying straight up, I want to be a main event world heavyweight champion contender wrestler. And I instantly was like, Fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah. Like let's let's mimic in the next few years before Sami Zayn retires. Let's mimic his NXT run where he always was like the guy who didn't win the belt. And then his NXT title moment. He needs a world title before he retires. He needs he deserves a world title before he retires. Yes, yes. That's a way better word. Thank you. Um, judgment day comes out, uh, corners him. And Jey Uso makes the save. I mean, naturally, not necessarily a save, but like they hadn't started attacking him yet. But um, comes out. They've got two in the ring. Judgment Day's got four outside of the ring. So naturally, the four retreated because they didn't have the numbers that they wanted. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. It, it reminded me of that six on four retreat from last week or two weeks ago, where it, it just like. Judgment Day still had a four-on-two advantage and did nothing. I don't know. It just didn't. Well, the other two had still chairs. Sure. There's only two of them, though. And they had chair. steel chairs. That's like an Steel chairs too. take a while to wield and hit people with. Chad. You tell on them to duck? Yeah, you could duck. It's not like a steel chair is coming at you at light speed. And it's not like it's, not like it's a small duck. object that you that you can easily miss. It's a You're fucking chair. Stupid. And it's steel. 
Um, let's talk about this ricochet spot. I mean, the match was good. Him and Nakamura, they had a false count anywhere match, but the spot, you know what I'm talking about? The one where he jumped, uh, like does a shooting star press, shooting star press off of like a, like the balcony out in the crowd on top of the railing on top of the balcony on in the crowd onto like six security guards in Nakamura. One of which like fell back into like the hand railing. I was like terrified someone was going to legitimately hurt here. I can't believe they didn't, but I don't think they, I don't think anyone did. Yeah, I don't think so. I was, I mean, I was just. The ricochets that kind of dude. He, he is just so impressive, but at the same time, it's like, please don't die there. Yeah. Well, at the same time, it's like, please don't die. And at the, and also it's like, how much, how much further is this dude going to go? Like I'm entertained ricochet at everything you do. You don't need to do more. I don't want you to get hurt because then I don't get to watch the cool shit you do. Um, When he does that flip out of the ring and like, (laughs) lands on his feet like i can't every time that's like the most amazing thing every time he every time someone does something like that i'm just like oh there goes your acl but somehow they just fucking nail it (laughs) it just makes me wonder like our football players just like super huge pussies the question had to be asked yeah um i have a note uh about the uh natalia match chad uh, did you see this on the internet we're talking about natalia no i'm actually not talking about the match i'm going to talk about the entrance did you see this oh the little kid who grabbed her titty (laughs) dude i said it live i was watching it live and i jumped off the couch said oh my god that kid grabbed her titty and my wife was like no he didn't rewind it she watched it back and i was like she's like okay so he definitely copped a feel a little definitely copped a feel a little kid fucking groped her like First of all, she was giving like her glasses to a girl behind this little boy. Like the boy, I mean, I'm thinking what somewhere in like the six to eight years old range. I don't know. He looked older than my eight year old. So I would probably say in the eight to 10 range. Okay. But still probably hasn't had the talk. No, definitely not. (laughs) If you know what I'm saying, like (laughs) it's just ridiculous. Like she. When she was giving the glasses to the little girl, he's like hugging her. He was hugging like, her, and then she walks. She starts walking away, and he just fucking gropes her tit. I was like, "Oh my god!" And the fact that she like kept her cool, I, I would have been. Yeah, I would have. Well, right into that loss. Yeah, I mean, I didn't care to talk about the match. It was just that part. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, okay. Uh, we talked about Jade and Becky going face to face already. Um, Gunther versus Bronson Reed, Intercontinental Championship. Sweaty men slapping them. This was the epitome. give me more, give me more. I give me, give me more. I fucking loved this. Bronson Reed is that dude, and it's heel heel, and it works so well. Still, dude, Gunther can have a great match with anyone. It does not fucking matter. Yeah. Dude, when this dude wins a world title with which I'm I'm telling you now, put it on paper within the next calendar year when he wins a world title. So let's just say before Survivor Series next year. Before Survivor Series next year, when Gunther wins a world title, he will have an amazing run being a heel champion. I'll do you one better. By the end of next year's SummerSlam, 
So that gives me the freedom to say that it could happen at next year's SummerSlam. Dude, I'm telling Gunther you, Gunther will be a world champ. A rumor on the internet seems to think that he's taking itself Seth Rollins. People think he's winning the Rumble, and they're going to move. They're going to move Cody around to make Cody work first. Have yeah, have Cody take the long road. He has to. He just won the Royal. Yeah, have him last win year. like a number one contender's elimination. Have him win the elimination match. chamber. Yeah. Some other way, have him get they're his going dick to have kicked in the entire match and have Brock Lesnar be in that match too. And have that like rehash that rivalry, have those two be the last two in the elimination chamber match. And then Cody somehow beats all the odds and beats Brock Lesnar. And then he defies all the odds and beats Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And we're there to see it. I mean, I just wrote the story. So, well, if you're going to have a face champion happen on SmackDown, you have to have a heel champion. You got to have a heel champion on Raw. And who is the number one heel on Raw? It's Gunther. It's Gunther. And he's main eventing weekly Raws. He's winning all the time. He's having these phenomenal matches against whoever the fuck they put in there. Yeah. I can't fucking wait for Gunther's title run. Oh, it's going to be incredible. The only other person that might take that belt off Seth Rollins is Drew McIntyre. I don't think so. But I don't think it's happening right now. I think why I'm saying needs, I think Drew needs the character shift first. Mm-hmm. Then it'll be more believable that it'll happen. I also think that Randy will come back as a heel on Raw because Seth is still champ. Yeah, that works. Because Raw needs heels, but also Kevin Owens just left, so they they I maybe they'll keep Drew face the whole time, which will kind of continue to be stale. But I I hope Randy is a heel. Uh, going back to the original conversation at the beginning of the show. Um, He's better at that. We have a fatal five-way at Crown Jewel for the women's title. Rhea, Raquel, Shayna, Nia, and Zoe. Zoe. Yeah. So Holy fuck, I originally, what a match. I originally said fatal four-way. Zoe Stark just inserted herself into the picture this week. So I was semi-right about this. I was 80% right about this. Yeah, you were. I'm going to give you most, like, 90%. Zoe Stark came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. But (laughs) I'm okay with it because, like, you're going to have a fatal four-way when I have a fatal five-way, you know? I think Zoe Stark is in there to take the pin, honestly. Have Rhea pin Zoe Stark? Probably. Sounds like something they would do. As long as Rhea wins, I'll be fine. I hope so. She needs to keep it till Mania. And take on Bianca. I I need that match. Or Be- or Becky? No, I need that. They're already Rhea. hinting at Becky. Well, who's Bianca gonna face? I don't know. Have whoever beats dude Mm-mm. have Jade Cargill beat Eo Sky. Have Eo versus Bailey no, at Mania. No, Bianca will win the title and be holding it at Mania. And then Jade wins the Rumble and no. faces Bianca. No. And Bailey and EO is a different match. Yeah, Bailey EO is a different match. The reason why Bianca's not showing What's up right Charlotte now is Charlotte doing then. I don't give a fuck. She's gonna be in a match, Chad. I, I sure. Also, there's no there's nothing that says Jade Carkill's just not gonna be on NXT. Um they did she, hint she her on be. NXT this week. Yeah, she might not be, but who knows? I hope not. She has the star power, and they're already selling her like she shouldn't be. Yeah, they're talking about her a lot on the main roster. A lot. Like, on those shows. So, who knows? Um, and then uh, the main event, Chad. We, we've we uh, we've got new tag team champions. I was so shocked. <laughs> you have no idea how shocked I was. Like, what was the fucking point? Yeah, I, I don't guess, really know. That one I guess the point was Roman to Reigns. give 
the point was to give them an excuse to go to SmackDown that one week just to like this past week to do the tease. I guess I don't know. No, I still clue. don't know how Cody gets on SmackDown now. Like now that he's not a tag team champion and he can't just realistically go brand to brand because he's an undisputed tag team champion and he's got blue straps on his shoulder over his shoulder or around his waist. Like there's no point for him to go to SmackDown now. So like, how do they get him there? Do do like that. Uh, remember that one elimination chamber year where edge like loses the first one and then shows up and like beats up somebody and enters the other one or because he's a face that doesn't really work. Do that one where, um, was it like Shawn Michaels like interferes in a match to like set up him being involved in the Undertaker at Mania, even though he wasn't, it didn't make any sense. Do something like that. Like, I mean, I guess have him show up and get like interfere, inter- trying to interfere or like show up and like stare down the Undertaker, even though he shouldn't be on the, the Roman Reigns, obviously, in this scenario, even though he shouldn't be there. And until like Roman Reigns makes the match, you know, like I know yeah. he's not supposed to have it, but he, they can, they can work so many options here. I guess we'll see. Uh, all right, let's get to NXT, Chad. Your three best things from NXT. Oh, uh, fuck yeah. All right. Um, Seemed like it was a good show from what I... It was pretty the good. Little, the little I saw and then what I saw on the internet. They're getting... They're getting... They're getting, they're consistent right now. Here's Every, what I'll say. I, I, saw the, I, I saw the entirety of the first match. I guess the first two matches because oh, it was yeah. technically two matches. Um, but the once it became a regular tag team match between Andre Chase or Chase U and uh, what what is their tag team name? Carrillo and Garza. Los Lotharios. Yeah, Los Lotharios. That was good. I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you a little bit. I'm gonna put that as my top my my third favorite thing of the night was this uh, opening match. Chase U wins the big battle royale. Um, not only do they win that match, but it, this match set up tons of other matches. Yeah, it set up the Creeds versus Los Lotharios, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I'm more excited for that than I am for Chase U versus the family. So, I mean, this set up other tag team rivalries. It set up. It was a great match after the Battle Royale. I love the idea of Battle Royale become singles match or tag team match. Battle Royale setting up like Battle Royales or um the Royal Rumble setting up feuds that don't have to do deal with the winner or a champion, like setting up their own singles feuds that it's like the one, it's like some of the easiest stories ever to write. And it's, it's every time it's, it's amazing. Best Uh, one of all time was the Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle Royal Rumble one. Oh yeah. I remember that one. That's good as fuck. Um, so I'm gonna put that at three. Uh, I'm going to say that I have one that's not on my top three, but I do want to mention real quick. We had the breakout tournament. Keep going. Okay. It's not my top three, but it was cool to see the breakout tournament every week. I love it. Anyone that surprised you? Um, No. Carmen Petrovich was like, I couldn't tell you who was going to win that match because it was like two people. I don't know. And then Ariana Grace, who was the first ever person to be in two back-to-back breakout tournaments because she got hurt in the first match of the last one. Got to reintroduce herself in this one. That's Santino Morella's daughter. Oh, um, she won. Okay, so like that was expected. So, so like, she's you know, probably also one of the favorites. Then, yeah, she's one of the last four left right now. So three of the four of them seem like very possible. So interesting. Okay, which is cool to see. Like three of the four be very possible winners. Like I have no idea which of the three or four is going to win at this point. Which is cool. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've we've been saying. 
you put a tournament you put a bracket in front of me my eyes are glued to it you put a bracket in front of me where the winner or at least the finals is not obvious i'm i'm glued to every single match of it yeah like um at number two i'm gonna put lyra valkyria oh on this show she beat tegan knox in a one-on-one match after chelsea and piper niven showed up that was kind of good Kind of extended uh, Tegan Knox's backstage segment from Raw, where she like talked shit about Chelsea to her face. Um, so I think Tegan and Natalia are going to have a tag team title match against Chelsea and Piper. Yeah, but that's not seem, that's that that's where they're going with that. But that's not what I care about here. I care about Lyra Valkyria. She beats Tegan Knox because it's from interference and stuff like that. But at the end of the night, she's seen taking a picture of her. And Becky and like ripping it in half. She talked about uh, in her promo that she used to be she used to want to be the first uh, Irish woman to win the NXT title, and now Becky has stolen that from her. Her words: "We are a hundred percent getting a hardcore heel turn from Lyra Valkyria." Wow, which is going to feed into a phenomenal next week main event match. Against Between Becky Lynch, Becky, uh, on night one of the two-week Halloween Havoc, so, she's getting the night one main event against. So Becky is Lynch. she? Do you think she wins next week? No. Okay, so he that's that's with not watching it. Here's how I could see this going. It's a story as old as time. She loses next week time. in a very close match. Could go either way, but Strong Becky wins it could because. Be. Because everyone knows Becky was going to win. Yep. She turns heel. They obviously have to have a rematch, deadline. probably at deadline, and that's yeah. where she wins. Yeah, I could see it. Tell us all this time. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then my number one here is easy. It's the men's title picture. It's the men's title picture for like the third <laughs> week in a row. Okay, so. The, the men come out, Beck, Baron Corby comes out and is like, I'm going to talk a promo about how I should be. I shouldn't have to have this match. And Carmelo Hayes comes out and was like, yo, bro, I earned my way into this match. What did you do? Blah, blah, blah. And then he, Dijak he, comes he, out. Yeah. Dijak comes out and is like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm the most recent. I've also beat Nelia before, blah, blah, blah. And then he was so like, all- you have to look me in my eyes. And Baron Baron Cornbread was like, no yes. one can look into your eyes. You're wearing, You're wearing sunglasses, sunglasses inside, bro. <laughs> Which was I died it, laughing. It at was that. so funny because Dijak was so awkward. This was the this was the only other thing I saw on the show, by the way. But he was like, he was like, what did you? He was so awkward. He's like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> they both just put the mics down, and it's like very obvious. It's like, dude, you're wearing sunglasses inside, you fucking dork. <laughs> yeah like baron corbin roasted him with that one i loved it baron corbin right now crushing cornbread. it baron cornbread um but then Ilya dragunov comes over and says that there's a fourth person that he got management to add to this match who deserves a title shot and he adds trick williams now trick williams and like carmelo hayes are just kind of like staring at each other baron and dijack basically try and play like the you should be mad about this Carmelo card to him about how you should feel betrayed by your friend. Like, try to take your opportunity. They're instigators. The They're instigating Carmelo, right? And then it kind of breaks down. Carmelo throws Baron out. I think Trick throws Dijak at. And then Carmelo, like, stands behind 
trick like he's about to turn on him it's like the cole and mjf teases that we always yeah, that we is, were having it's for exactly like that but then it didn't happen just like mjf and cole yep that no one he know he did not turn um fast forward about an hour of the show and now carmelo i'm uh, sorry now trick is hurt and has been attacked backstage whoa who, which of the three could have wondered who that was i don't know um <laughs> I wonder then, if his name rhymes with Schmarmello Schmaze. Schmarmello Schmaze. <laughs> I would have said Marshmallow, but okay. Marsh Marshmallow Clays. Marshmallow Says. Um point being, um, I think that's pretty obvious. Carmelo like ran to him afterwards, like, someone get help, someone get help. So he's clearly like there. It's too. the same thing as earlier this year with the um uh Becky Lita Trish stuff when Lita got taken yeah, out. Yeah. Wonder who that was. I wonder who could have done that. <laughs> and um, then we got the best feud of the year, Becky and Trish. You know, you say it was not the best feud of the year, and you're like talking shit, but the final match the of that final feud match was really good. That's why, was I, you fucking know, really that's why good. I said that. Um, <laughs> but end all be all, you get the triple threat match, and just like I thought, Dijek gets inserted into it just to get pinned. But unfortunately for me, the person I wanted to get to pin him was Baron Corbin. It's not Baron Corbin. It's Carmelo Hayes. He'll two, lose. Two bold predictions here. Trick costs Carmelo that match in two weeks. Oh, yes. When please. Trick comes back. Um, to but on accident. The, Has to be on accident. I don't even right? know because Trick might know that Carmelo's the one to beat him up. Could be. And Trick comes back That's and like the only, pays him if back. It's on, if, he, if he costs it, if he costs the match on purpose, uh, it's he because he knows. Know. Yeah. So you either do that or it's like on accident or whatever, but it sets it all up. Um, for deadline between them and obviously Ilya loses but I want the first pay-per-view opponent to be Dijak because what I want to happen is that stand deliver it be Baron Corbin oh yeah because I want to be there in the fucking audience when Baron Corbin wins a title though you're going to go to stand and deliver 100% I'm going to Friday Night Smackdown stand and deliver Raw, WrestleMania 1 and 2 Whoa. and Raw I'm doing all five sounds like a lot of money those Which shows I are not expensive. Still owe you a lot of money. You owe me two thousand dollars, my Well, friend. we didn't hash out the details. We almost did, and then we just didn't. I sent you the email. I made sure it was right. Oh no, don't use that email. I changed it today at Navy Federal. Okay. Ooh, oh boy, <laughs> I'm glad we talked about this. Good thing I didn't, because I actually forgot you sent me the email. Um, but yeah, well, we can hash that out later. I'll just pay you in April. Mm-mm. <laughs> I'll pay you after the show. I'll pay, whether if okay. as long as long as the show is good, then uh, then I'll pay you. If it's if nope. it's a bad show, I'm not paying you. Thanks for the seats, nope. though. Nope. <laughs> you think I'm letting you in that arena with pay tickets that you would pay me for? <laughs> Just need you to send me a uh, screenshot of my ticket. That's Fuck all. Right off. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's move on to dynamite. I have a take about AEW right now. Mm, it sucks. It's, I think it's. It's not an exact replica, but damn, does AEW remind me of WWE about two to three years ago, when the only, the only story that anyone cared about week to week was the main title picture. Are you saying that four different segments on this show revolved around MJF? Well, so here's the difference. The main title picture has about four different storylines going on it right now, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Um, the obvious, the Jay White one, 
The other one is the Adam Cole, Roderick Strong portion of it. The other one is Wardlow. And then the, uh, no, I had another one. No, the other one is Kenny Omega. And Max Caster. And Max Caster. So five. I didn't even think about Max Caster. The whole show revolves around one person. It's Roman Reigns. Yeah. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Going up on Impact Bound for Glory. I'm telling you it's happening. No, I'm serious. Like, I agree with you completely. We have five segments and five matches, like five different events on this card, all centered around MJF. We started the show with Jay White beating Penta. Uh, Obviously, Jay White has the big bronze uh, Bradbury Bell or whatever they call it, now called the Bang Bang Belt. The Burberry, the Triple B. Burberry. That's the title. Thank you. You must be way more civilized than I am. Uh, Wardlow beats up on Dolph Ziggler's little brother. He says he wants MJF. Kenny Omega and MJF have a backstage segment. MJF says 13 days, bitch. Yeah, which I don't know if you saw being the elite last week, but he went, he did the same thing to Kenny Omega on BTE last week. Um, (laughs) And he just got real close to Kenny Omega after he shook his hand. He's just like, it was maybe it's two weeks ago, but he's just like 26 days. You fucking, or he was like 26 days. You bitch. <laughs> he walked out of the room. He was like, see you guys talking to like Kenny and the bucks. And he's like, and it, the camera gets really close to Kenny. He's like 26 days. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. The internet um, figured that one out. It's how many days till he overcomes Kenny Omega's reign as the longest reigning. Yeah. Uh, AEW world champion, which are they going to have a match? Oh, I think so. Eventually, once like well, you you say eventually, it has to happen within the next two weeks. Actually, no. it has to happen. It'll be well after the two weeks. Well, he's gonna pass him. He's gonna pass him without a match, and then it's gonna be the driving force of why Kenny comes in and gets a match after he finishes the Don Callis stuff. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. This is this is bleeding into a match that happens at fucking all out next year or something stupid. This is not anytime soon. But MJF won't have the belt then, will he? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know who you have him lose to between now and then, but okay. Wardlow, um, dude, your favorite wrestler. Fuck that. Also, <laughs> the acclaimed had a backstage segment where like Max Caster is obsessed with MJF and wants him to scissor yeah, him. Yeah, this is um, the least of my, this is my least favorite one. You know, and then not to go one more further, but then we have the main event and MJF's on commentary tries to get involved to get make sure Juice Robinson doesn't get the match. He didn't get involved. He, he gave money to Dustin Rose to try and throw out fucking Juice Robinson. Oh, I skipped that. <laughs> okay. He gives money to Dustin Rose to try and throw Juice Robinson out. He okay, definitely got involved. That. I missed that. Okay. Um, And then it all be like, all. I was thinking like uh, he was on commentary the whole time and then got attacked by Jay White. Jay White attacks him. Uh, Juice Robinson does win the match over Max Caster of all people clearly Whoa. setting those up too. like that was so shocking to see the three people who had like I'm going to win the Diamond Diamond Battle Royale uh, the three people who did a promo that sounded just like that were Juice Robinson Dustin Rhodes and uh, Max Caster and the final three were those fucking three no Dustin Rhodes was in the final four Daniel Garcia was in the final oh. three yeah, you're right. Oh, I forgot Daniel Garcia and his stupid dancing that Matt Menard hates. But point being, <laughs> it was so like funny the... because da- Matt Menard at one point he like stopped him from dancing, and Tony Schiavone goes, "Daddy says no." <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all this. Is just like the whole show is just like 
everyone wants MJF. Okay. I only have like four notes on the whole card that have nothing to do with MJF. And honestly, one of them is the fact that Roddy made Adam J- Cole making peanut butter and jellies with Pete. Think that's something that's that not jelly. I know it's Cole. That made was not jelly. peanut butter and jelly this week. Yeah, I that don't was know what not that was. jelly. That, that was like jelly jam. or jam. That was like preserves or something. Yeah, that was preserves. That was PB and B or PB and P. PB and P. You use jelly or you use jam. Yeah, only two options. That yeah, was do you like know some... the difference between jelly and jam. Uh, no. don't say it. <clears throat> uh, those who know the joke about jamming, I can, I can. Something about jamming something somewhere. I can yes. jam. My I can't something jelly my into... something into your something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the only other things that did not have to do with MJF, there's the uh the Edge Nick Wayne dinosaur Christian Cage story. Uh, the rated R rebuttal was an alliterated mess. Yeah. I thought it was a good backstage. I enjoyed it, but I also have read Edge's book, so he didn't tell me anything I didn't know. All that stuff's in Edge's book. Oh, well, there you go. So like, um I also read Lance, that like Lance six Archer. Ago, Lance so. Archer was at the show for some reason. That was one of my notes. Oh yeah, I forgot he was with his company. Um, Sting last match at Revolution next year. He oh, real it. quick before you talk about Sting too much, Nick Wayne definitely fucked his tooth up. Did you yeah. see that? He broke yeah. his tooth in half and was bleeding all over the place. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck happened, but that did not look good. Gross. At but first, yeah, I was Sting... like, "Oh boy, that's 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 uh that's some blood around the mouth." And then I was like, "Oh boy, he actually chipped his tooth." Yeah, part of his tooth is missing. Yeah, it wasn't good. But yeah, Sting said he's retiring. Uh, and he he made it very clear that he is retiring for good. Um, I mean, well deserved. Yeah, he... I mean, like he's done this once before. He the last time he said, "You never know what to expect." Like I well, might come 16... out of retirement whatever now like he's gotta be yeah. done the good news the, the i liked the segment he came out talking about people like that came before him that he appreciated i liked how hulk hogan that, got booed <laughs> yeah he even acknowledged it he was like yeah i understand what you're saying but he did a lot for the business like i gotta give him the props for that um but i understand why you're booing him basically he's racist um He's a lot more than just racist. He hates most people, I think, um, that are not white Americans. I think that's just called racism. Well, I mean, I also think he hates gay people. Um, okay, he's a racist and a bigot. There we go. Yeah, look, I think that encapsulates it pretty well. But the Sting segment was good. I, I loved the the realistic talk. It wasn't Sting putting us through like a Sting promo. It was like a uh, it was Steve whatever Borden, his, it was, yeah, Steve Borden Steve promo. Borden. Yeah talking to us about how he's appreciated all these people during his career as sting and, mm. and he's going to finish it off uh at revolution um with his final match being at revolution uh i guess i'll ask you the question i Darby. expected to get it from you yeah okay i was like who do you think it's gonna be against my notes say uh was do it we'll do last match at revolution colon darby question mark it has to be it has to be with Darby or against Darby. It no, has it to has, involve Darby. It has to be a face face. It cannot be turning heel. I, it doesn't have to be turning heel. It, it doesn't. A retirement match does not have to have a, a bigger storyline than I just want this guy to be the person I end against. Yeah, it's got to be a respect thing. It's like Darby makes sense 
Um, facing Sharp, off against Sharpie me in for Darby. Sharpie me in for whoever Sting faces in his last match. If it's a singles match, that whoever he faces will win. Sharpie me in. Yeah, Sharpie me in for the same thing. You always <laughs> lose your retirement match. Um, oh, if he's having a tag team match where he teams with Darby, do not Sharpie me in. That's a win. <laughs> <laughs> do not Sharpie me in for that. Dear God. Yeah, I guess the uh, the the final event was the Battle I mean, the, Royale. The so. rumors have been circulating for that for a while. So that he was going to retire. Yeah, I honestly thought he was coming out to say he's retired, but the fact that he said he's and it's the the perfect like three year like I I made my debut in AEW Revolution twenty twenty one Revolution twenty twenty four I have my last match. Yeah, I Solid think it's three year arc. Great promo. It'll be a good match. I'm sure we'll see him before then. Revolution's not till like what February? Yeah, uh, so, March, early March actually. So I guess we'll we'll probably see him do something between now and then, whether it's winners coming or probably full gear winners coming. Yeah, yeah, full gear winners coming. Something along those. They two have lines. some sort of uh, New Year something as well, like a New Year's show. Oh, New Year Smash. Yeah, not to yeah. be confused with a uh, New Japan's New Year's Dash. Well, that is confusing. <laughs> um, my my last note on Dynamite is uh, Nick Wayne's mom is a horrendous actress. Oh yeah, I wrote the same note. I wrote, <laughs> uh, Nick Wayne segment uh, colon holy shit his tooth comma bad acting on that mom's part. Would though? No, probably wouldn't. Would? No, probably wouldn't. But. Terrible actor. Definitely did not help. <laughs> yeah, that was. Please, please, Nick, please, please. She like, was it, like if he was being if he if that was real, she would be bawling. Couldn't get a word out edgewise. Um, like <laughs> he told her, he told her that she's dead to him. It's like like the like what if your kid told you and meant it like that you're dead to them, and not like as a child you're dead to me sort of thing where they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I'm talking like the dude's an adult technically by law can't drink beer yet, but um, as I finish mine. Yeah. I don't know if my kid were an adult and told me that I was dead to him, I would be devastated. Fact. So who knows? Uh, all right. That's going to close us out for this week. Uh, next week. It's the big one, Chad. It's the one we've all been waiting for. The granddaddy of them all. The showcase of the immortals. The Give me another nickname. The greatest WrestleMania of all time. I was thinking of nicknames for WrestleMania in general. Um, I don't know. The event to end all events. I don't think people call it that. <laughs> the, the show that they point at the sign for. Uh, but not yet in retros. <laughs> no, seriously though. We got WrestleMania 17, boy. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, close to a four-hour show, which is going to be rough. It's for... three hours and forty-eight minutes. I think is what I said when I looked at it. Luckily, five minutes, like almost four. Hours. Luckily, I don't have to pay that much attention to the actual spots of the matches for this because I've seen it so many times, and I can talk about. I could talk about it right now. If I wanted to, I just don't have the beer ratings. So all I need to do is just pay attention to beer ratings, which kind of forces me to watch everything. But at the same time, I can have it in the background and still keep up. I was just so glad they told us today at the class that it's only like a half day tomorrow and then we should be out around lunch. I was like, 
plan made. Come home, and the first thing I'm doing, watching WrestleMania 17. Get at least Ooh. half of it done tomorrow. That's, maybe the other that's half a on like solid plan. Sunday. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, <laughs> next next week we've got WrestleMania 17. I uh, as always, you can follow us on social media at DDG Wrestle Pod. We've been the drunk dudes still in a Chad, and we'll catch you on down the road. <laughs>